it's time for Sales with Sully. Your host, Scott Sullivan, brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you, the sales professional, addressing your questions from Twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals. This is a weekly show that happens right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com. And now your host, Scott Sullivan. Welcome sales professionals. Hi, this is Scott Sullivan. I will be your host for the next 30 minutes on this episode of Sales with Sully. I am so excited to be bringing this information to you today because every single week we talk about some of the greatest uh, information, tips, things that you need to know that you can put right into place today and make you a better sales professional tomorrow. Thank you so much for all of the Twitter comments that I got and the Twitter uh, direct messages. You can reach me every single week right here at Sales with Sully on Twitter and on Facebook and now on Instagram at Sales with Sully. Every single week we talk about some of the things that help make you a better sales professional. And this week is no exception. I am so, so glad to be having this episode with you. It's going to be so much fun, and I am excited to dive right in. This week's episode is, you know the things that you shouldn't say, and that's what we're going to talk about today. All the things you shouldn't say as a sales professional. You've probably heard this one. Can I be honest with you? I don't know. Can you? <laughs> Can I be honest with you? I don't know. Haven't you been so far? I want to tell you just the way it is. What? Okay. How about we have things that are called thinking words, and we're all guilty of it, especially if you're on the radio. You try and beat that out of your, out of your uh, vernacular. You try and beat that out of your mind so you don't do it. But sometimes we do have a tendency. We had an episode just a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the power of the pause, that silence, and how nature abhors a, a vacuum, and that we should just keep talking because we want to fill that space. Sometimes just a little bit of a pause draws attention to yourself. It's a lot better to have a pause in there than it is to say, um, well, mm, so, mm, like, oh gosh, those are so tough. And we all do it. We all have those thinking words where you're just trying to buy yourself another half a second or even less than a half a second to let your brain think of what the next thing is you're going to say. So many times we're trying really hard to formulate what we're going to say in response to what we're hearing so we're not actually listening. If you've just maybe look back on some of our episodes recently, you know that we had an active listening episode at Sales with Sully and how to actually listen to a client. And then we backed that up with the power of the pause. And now we're going to take all of those words that you use for thinking words and those phrases that cost you the sale. And we're going to take those away and we're going to bring them back so that you can have a better sales professional. One of the things that I <laughs> that I have done and I have been guilty of, and I've done it over the years, and I've been trying really hard to remove it from my uh, vocabulary, are things like, does that make sense? Mm, well, does it make sense? See, that's that is just a what we're trying to do is we're trying to acknowledge, and we're trying to get the prospect to engage. But it gets very old and very redundant. If you can use it once, 
you're probably okay. Twice, three times, four times. I know people that at the end of every sentence, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And you finally just go, stop. It makes sense. I got it. And then we also have those things that, you know, kind of put off our prospects with a I, I use the word salesy, a salesy comeback. Like, how much does it cost? Well, it doesn't cost you anything. It's going to actually make you money. Oh, that's kind of tough because what the customer is actually asking is a question, and we're kind of being glib with the answer. So we want to make sure that we're keeping our presentation straightforward, pretty simple as we can, and we're trying really hard not to bring in a bunch of, you know, the salesy see i said it just now you know you know uh to bring in some of the the salesy things the salesy words the phrases that can cost us our entire sales presentation can you think of a few right now think about it just for a second take just a minute and just let your mind go back to that last sales presentation did you use any of these phrases maybe trust me wow there's a good one to be honest with you can i just send you some information i don't want to waste your time how about are you the decision maker sounds like a fair question right are you the decision maker do you actually have the budget for this i just wanted to and then fill in the blank i'm just touching base can I check in just for a second? Most importantly, how about, I really want to thank you for your time. Wow. There's some good ones right there. Uh, those are just kind of a summary of some of the things that we say in sales that we actually probably were added to our vocabulary as we went to sales training. Don't we need to know who the decision maker is? Sure we do. But are we actually going to get an honest answer by asking that question directly to the person that we're pitching to if you weren't the actual decision maker but you were part of the team that was going to make the decision or you were an influencer to the decision and someone asked you are you the decision maker how would you answer that question well not exactly i don't make the sole decision but i'm part of the team now what did that what good did that give me what did that how did that help you know progress my sales presentation yes i am the decision maker no i'm not the decision maker then why am i wasting my time talking to you okay there's just no good way around that question and then the other ones that are like just the you know the acid <laughs> the 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 gasoline poured on the fire trust me trust me trust is built over time we're going to do things that are necessary to to build trust we're not going to use the words to say just trust me people buy from people they know like and trust but the trust takes time or one of the things that i just absolutely appall is when you start talking about you know the the jargon you get down into the technology or the 
you know, the left-handed widget technology, and you're not keeping it in a sales presentation anymore. You're now doing a science experiment because you're down into, well, this, you know, polymer coating that is uh, acid tested and has, you know, ethyl butyl alcohol in it and isocyanates and whatever it happens to be. You're down in the weeds unless you're talking to someone that is a technical buyer that you have, that they have actually asked for a review of the technical specifications, then you're probably losing your sales prospect and you're wasting your time and their time by talking about things, especially in a what we call the jargon or the nomenclature of your industry. Everyone has it, and they have all of these three-letter acronyms. And you want to talk about how smart you are, and you want to, you know, talk about the technology, and you and that that becomes an ego-driven presentation instead of an actual information or a solution-based sale. If you're in a very complex, highly competitive situation, you probably don't want to go there until the customer either asks or expresses an interest in knowing or has you talk to the right person. Because you also want to avoid things like when we talk about the trust me or can I just send you some information. There's a sense of desperate at the end like you let's say the the prospect is going well that's uh you know let's say you're on the phone with them especially and you're talking and they say you know, um, I really don't have time right now, but we could probably get together sometime in the future. Well, let me just send you some information. That is a waste of your time, a waste of their time. They're not going to read it. They obviously don't have an interest and you haven't built any value proposition. So it's better off to just set another appointment and come back at a future time and try and get that person back in the right frame of mind to have a conversation. And there's other things that I've heard my sales colleagues, and I've probably been guilty of it too. Things like, well, actually, that's not true. Why, why would you say that to a prospect? What could possibly come out of that, uh, possibly of anything good come out of that? Or you get really kind of in that closing mode and you say, well, what if I did this? Or what if I said that? Or what if I could give you two of them for the price of one? Wow. Now, now you're sounding exactly like a sales guy selling something and you're no longer a solution provider because you're not talking about the value proposition and you're not talking about how you help this person or this company so you know those are things and then everybody has their own little catchphrase they all have their own little you know kind of go to if you can't remember somebody's name do you say buddy or dude or you know something like that so those are all things that you have to start listening to and what i would suggest is you know you could simply, just like I, I say you know 55 times during this podcast already, <laughs> you could start uh, recording yourself, playing it back and listening to it with a critical ear and figure out what are the words that you're saying. Some of the things that I do is I say so or well. Those are thinking words for me, and I'm trying really hard to work on you know, removing those from my vocabulary. The other things that... Uh, that have come up over the course of, of researching this is when we, I don't wanna say, mm, you ask a question that there's really no good answer to. There's, there's, no, there's no good answer to the question of, uh, how about, is now a good time? 
Ugh, that's a tough one. If you say is now a good time and you've got somebody on the phone and you say that, they only have one of two choices. No, it's not a good time. Uh, can I call you back or can you call me back? Or sure, it's a good time. What do you got for me? So it, it's not. It's a very binary uh, answer, and it's it just puts them in a already in a defensive mode you could say something instead of now is a good time let's say you're calling someone cold you could say hi joe this is scott sullivan and i'm trying to get on your calendar is tomorrow at two o'clock or thursday at three o'clock uh times that are available on your calendar instead of ambushing someone and saying is now a good time they just kind of puts them a little bit at the defensive and there's no chance to prepare for the meeting you've kind of just ambushed them immediately and asking them start asking them questions or doing a, a presentation now if you have a strong personal relationship with this person then there's probably not a problem with just jumping in and, and giving them a quick call now the norm has even become I'll send you a quick text message, and then after the text message, I'll say, you know, here's guest is now uh, a good time. You know, can we talk immediately, or can we talk in the next few minutes, or do you have time to chat on the text message? And then we can then connect voice to voice over the phone. That seems to be a a trend that I'm seeing right now. So getting people you know, together and making appointments and doing the things that are necessary for sales is all well and good, but you have certain things that you want to make sure that you're that you're not doing, some certain words that you're not bringing out. Some of the things that came out during my research is one of the words that really stood out was try. I'll try to, or let's try to, or maybe, because what happens is it leaves this element of doubt. And it also kind of like leaves you a little bit of wiggle room to where you don't feel like, or the prospect doesn't feel like that maybe you're quite committing. So try is one of those words that came out very low on the scale. Another one that surprised me was between. It's us, it's between us and, or it's between you and, or it's between these two things. It's like a comparison that doesn't sit real well with the prospect. So you wanna make you want to make sure that you use things like we instead of try or we will. And Things like um, the best of my ability, or we'll try and get that to you on Tuesday, instead of under our usual delivery schedule, you would get that on Tuesday. So it has a little bit different connotation. You still said under our usual delivery schedule or whatever it happens to be so you're leaving the, the, you're kind of doing the same because you're but you're doing it in a way that the customer doesn't hear you know <laughs> try the other one that came that pulled very very low was win-win there doesn't ever seem to be even though we all use it and we all say it well that's a win-win there's there's this perception that even when you're saying that you don't believe it you're it's not something that you believe when you say win-win there seems to be a loser and a winner so just remove that completely from your from your vocabulary you know from your vocabulary the other ones that were confrontational that made 
absolute pure sense to me. It was the ones like we talked about before. And, and you know, actually, that's not true. Would you say that to a, a prospect? Absolutely not. Or anything that you would say that's disparaging about any competitor or anybody else in the in the organization or anywhere else you wouldn't say that so, you know something you should know about our competitor something you should know about their product something you should know or wow i i don't think i would you know put that in my house or you know anything there's just nothing good to come out of that first of all you're saying something disparaging about your competition but secondly what if they've already bought it and you're saying something bad about it now you're actually putting uh you're kind of insulting them for having made that decision so you want to make sure that you're being really careful with how you actually make the the presentation some of those confrontational ones we talked about too were like are you the decision maker well that's just blatant like right out in your in your face what if you ask the question if you really want to know about the decision what if you asked about well can you tell me a little bit about how the decisions are made when it comes to a purchase of this size or caliber and let them just fill in the blank as to how that is don't ask the question directly or how about do you have the budget for this because a lot of things aren't budgeted directly what you would want to say is i have you know covered i've spent a lot of time covering the value proposition with you and i can i hope that you can see that from the presentation that i gave you that the value is strong there's a strong value proposition here and if you buy this product or if you invest in this product or this service then you're going to get a return on your money in this way, shape, or form, however it is. Savings in you know, manpower, savings in overall costs, savings in operations, or CapEx, or OpEx. So there's going to be a value proposition. Things like, well, that's not what I meant. When you, when you want to correct something that a customer said back to you, you want to be very cautious and careful in trying to eliminate those confrontational types of, of things that go along with that. Some of the other things that go along with the words that you say are also your actions. You know, not folding your body language, not folding your arms across your chest, uh, you know, leaning into the customer when he leans in so that there's something like you're sharing a moment there. Uh, being casual but not confident. I mean, co confident but not cocky or casual, casual and confident. Being able to answer the questions but not sounding glib. Using that, that that moment or that pause and the power of that pause to actually craft a response that's important to the to the client so it's not just glib and coming off like well it, of course it doesn't cost you anything it makes you money you know you can say that in a variety of different ways but you don't have to sound salesy or arrogant so those are the things that when you're thinking about a sales presentation there are certain words i would encourage you to uh, continue to record yourself to find out what those thinking words are. Do you say the word like more than once during a presentation? Are you uh, saying things like so or um or well, you know, uh, does that make sense to you you know those kinds of things when when you start trying to remove those words 
you're going to struggle at first and i'm struggling a little bit even having this conversation trying to remember the ones that i've spent so many years of my life trying to remove from my vocabulary the things that i say like like the things that we say now when i say so or well i know those are ones that i'm working on uh really hard right now to try and remove from my vocabulary the other things that i want to encourage you to is that to become a student of the sales profession you also need to understand the value of time and i want to put this in just as a side note right as we wrap up for today but i want to talk about the 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 power of time there's a thing called the takeaway close and i know most of the sales professionals that are listening to this now know what i'm going to say but if you were to walk into a prospect's office with a scheduled time and let's say you were actually early and you were sitting in the lobby and they came out and said okay scott uh unfortunately i only have a few minutes but let's get right to this the the one thing that you can do is you can say, you know, Joe, I really value your time and I know that you value mine too. I try and bring you the best solutions every single time. You close your portfolio or you don't sit down. You do this from a standing position and you could say, let's reschedule to where we're both a little less you know, stressed in your day, and we have a little bit better uh, amount of time that we can commit to this. I do need a full 20 minutes to actually have this this value proposition conversation with you. So is next Tuesday or Wednesday good days for you? That takeaway close, that, that saying that, you know, what I have is va- of value is really important, that you have to you take away all these words all these things and these phrases out of your vocabulary during your sales presentation in order for this to make sense because if you were actually saying to joe well next next tuesday or wednesday okay but in the next breath you're saying can i be fully honest with you you're sending mixed messages you're sending the message that what i have to say is really valuable but you're also sending the messages well i probably haven't been real honest with you yet and i'm about to be or i or be careful about what i'm going to say next because it's probably a lie those are things that subliminally you're actually telling your prospect so you want to make sure that your body language your attention to detail all of those things are in place because they all work together for a sales presentation that works seamlessly and puts it all together so that it's a really really strong presentation remove some of these words uh, out of your vocabulary and i promise you things will be better record your presentation two or three times work on the things that you need to those thinking words that you need to remove embrace the power of the pause with just a moment of silence and remember to actively listen there we covered that in our actively listening episode there are five different types of listening so make sure that you are actively listening to your prospect and that you're not formulating your answer prior to he or she before they quit talking you've already started formulating the answer that means your brain is worried about the answer and you've already stopped listening to what they have to say remember to ask open-ended questions that are non-confrontational and remember that you're sharing information for the to help them make a decision from somebody that they know like and trust 
I really appreciate all of you listening every single week to Sales with Sully. I really appreciate all of the great messages I'm getting at Sales with Sully on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. I love when I get all of those those messages because it sure helps me craft what type of show that you want to hear and the things that you need. I so appreciate all of you listening every single week. And remember, get out there and sell something because if you don't sell it, <laughs> nobody else is going to. We really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Inspired News Radio and Sales with Sully every every week right here. You've been listening to Sales with Sully on InspiredNewsRadio.com. We take your sales and marketing questions each week on Twitter at Sales with Sully, hashtag INR, and like us on Facebook. On behalf of your host, Scott Sullivan, and the entire Sales with Sully team, thanks for listening, and see you next week.